Hey y'all, this is Jordan Robert Kirk. Welcome back to the JRK Podcast. Hope y'all had an awesome Thanksgiving, spent some time with family, and um, all of that good stuff. Uh, be thankful to those who have impacted your lives. Um, for better or worse, sometimes we're thankful for those bad experiences, right? Um, that we learn from. Sometimes we we can thank our enemies because we wouldn't be where we are today without them. And I think that reminds me of Romans 8, 28. You know, God works for the good of those uh, who love Him. A lot of people will say that's sort of your everything happens for a reason verse. And whether you think it happens for a reason or that, that God ordained it or that He can take a... a piece of coal and make it into a diamond after the fact be thankful I know I have been y'all have really been blowing up the episode from Thursday night that I kind of have called leftover turkey it is the completely different type of episode that I've ever done because I've this is my 10th episode including that one it'll probably be episode nine I guess technically but thank y'all so much for tuning in for that I will definitely be bringing that format back reach out if there's a book um, a topic a podcast documentary lecture series something you would like to discuss and something that you think that I would enjoy we can go through it together and then get on the podcast and, and do it please reach out just a few quick notes um i will be playing at the western horseman in amarillo texas on december 7th i believe that is that is the anniversary of pearl harbor i believe i always get my all my anniversaries mixed up um that'll be it's a thursday night i believe it's december 7th i'm not looking at my calendar right now and we will be full band there it'll be somewhat of a late night i have to look exactly the schedule but go to jordanrobertkirk.com shows or go to my facebook page for the events if you want to check that out i still have quite a bit of deer corn i went ahead and lowered the price as the season goes on to make sure i'm competitive i guess most small stores well including academy and Walmart are selling 40 pound bags for the most part for nine something. So I'm doing 50 pound bags and the equivalent of a $9 40 pound bag uh, per pound is $11.25 for a 50 pound bag. $11.25 for a 50 pound bag. I'm selling those right out of my place, uh, my barn here in Rawls. Um, Give me a call, shoot me a DM, however you want to get a hold of me. If you buy a whole pallet, I go down to $11 a bag, it's $550, or 50 bags, 2,500 pounds, something like that. Uh, pretty heavy, but if you got a pickup um, with any kind of uh, decent suspension, I can put it right on your pickup, or if you want to bring a trailer, I can load you to um, with a forklift. Um, it's still Black Friday weekend, I guess, so I'll go ahead and Shout out the website, buy some t-shirts, 
get you some pocket tees, uh, long sleeves, just regular uh, comfort colors, soft t-shirts. They're all really high quality shirts. Uh, they're all really awesome. Um, get some for your loved ones for Christmas. Get them now so they can ship quick. I still have a few caps and I have a few of y'all who I've already promised caps, don't worry. I got your name on them. And my boy Johnny Velvet um, is the man. He, he's printing those for me. So I can always put it another order with him if we do run out so y'all get on it get you some caps and shirts support the podcast uh support um you know my music venture as well at the same time i don't know if you can hear we're getting some rain and that's part of living in a in a barn house conversion uh you might hear a little rain on the tin roof which is actually pretty nice um i think that's all for my announcements um, so I'm going to get into my topic of the week, which is going to be talking about the proliferation of information in the modern age. Quick note, um, I just noticed that I speak really slowly, um, especially when I'm just going off the top of the dome here, just, uh, riffing on the, off the top of my head on these topics which i think y'all seem to appreciate a little bit more but that being said for those of you who are tuning in and you're like golly i you know i appreciate the information jordan's bringing but man he speaks slow he's dragging his words guys i listen to a lot of podcasts i spend a lot of time on the tractor um i will pull up youtube videos and uh not even watch them but just listen to them for the same reason and on everything I do, I actually will speed it up. I will listen to at least 1.2 speed, 1.5. Oddly enough, even with complex topics, it's easier to ingest information that way. So right now, I would recommend if you're listening, just go to your settings real quick. On Spotify, it's on the bottom left. Twitter is the top right. Uh, YouTube, it's the little gear sign for settings. Go to playback speed and crank it up to 1.5, 1.8 sometimes. I try not to speak too fast for that reason because I can actually speak very fast if I would like to. But, you know, some of y'all like to listen to it on a sped up pace. It actually sounds a lot better. And like I said, you can ingest the information a little more and I can get away from my scripted format that feels a little bit forced. So, okay, right on to the episode. We're talking about the proliferation, P-R-O-L-I-F-E-R-A-T-I-O-N, proliferation of information, how information spreads. I t- I've talked about in mo- multiple episodes, I know, about how we are such a highly educated populace and how we are, po- pos- we are also dumber, objectively so. We have more degrees and yet our IQ points have dropped every 10 years or every generation or every 10 years by about 10 points on average per generation, you know, along with testosterone for men. Um, everything is kind of slowly going downhill, you know, our health, our intelligence. But, and, and, there, and there may be a direct correlation. I'm not necessarily talking about technology 
in particular this episode, but as our technology has improved, specifically this little thing, in this little supercomputer on our hands, our smartphones, as that's improved, um, the intelligence of the general populace has, has largely, you know, decreased. It, we've, we've gotten dumber as a society. And I think it's in part, you know, because we can just Google it. So are we dumber or do we just not know anything? Now, you know, knowledge versus wisdom, knowledge versus intelligence, um, information versus what we do with information, how to learn. We don't know how to learn, how to memorize because we don't need to. You know, rote memorization even has, even that phrase itself um, has a wooden, uh, almost condescending tone and attitude towards rote memorization. If we were to memorize more things as a society, maybe we would be able to have better conversations. We would have better politicians. We would, well, I don't know. Knowledge can be, uh, like James talks about speech in the tongue. It can be a spark that, you know, keeps you warm at night like with a fire, or it can be the spark that burns down a, you know, a forest that is actually, you know, full of fruit and, and, and good things too. So knowledge, you know, in the wrong hands can, can be bad, but we are not retaining any of that knowledge. And what we are retaining is, you know, most of, mostly curated through our Facebook pages, our YouTube channels, um, Twitter, uh, Instagram. I would guess that below 60, 65, the majority of people, at least most of their news doesn't come from TV. It no longer comes from cable news. It no longer comes from Fox if you're a Republican or MSNBC if you're a Democrat or CNN if you like fake news. No, that was a joke. But um, it doesn't come from your uh, prescribed channel. And, and in a way, it, it's a really good thing. Um, I remember when I first moved back to Lubbock, I had, when I was at Tech, I did not pursue music at all. Now I play several times a month and I'll occasionally have a really cool gig, a really cool opener. I've opened for some really big names over the years and, you know, just through persevering and continue to improve my performance, my songs, my singing, my craft in every way. Um, but when I was at Tech, I studied. All I did was study. I talked about this a little bit uh, on our, you know, group podcast uh, with my siblings and uh, brother-in-law and, and wife. You know, um, I did engineering and I basically lived in the mechanical engineering lab. And that's it. We didn't even go to the library. We went to the lab. And um, I didn't I didn't do music at all. So I stayed in that world. And, and really, honestly, that world then was still very conservative. Uh, I've talked about this, you know, at times. Um, I, my, my theory is that, you know, mechanical engineering is applied physics. You know, it is uh, force equals uh, mass times acceleration. It is um, statics, dynamics, uh, thermodynamics, uh, material science. 
And we're taking all of those things and we are building bridges, buildings, engines, um, heating and air conditioning units, you know, improving upon those. It's very, very practical. And I think that tends toward conservatism. Uh, whereas, you know, physics, you take one step away where you're not really doing applied physics. You know, you could, you could kind of have those guys split down the middle. Then you get more towards arts and um, literature. And, and those people, while they may be very intelligent and they may read a lot of, a lot of stories, you know, of, of people who build things, you know, in the creative uh, sphere, they depend more on their feelings. They depend more on compassion. Compassion might might even supersede um, the practical. You know, well, we have to do this no matter the cost. Well, what about you know this other person that might be affected as well? Uh, no, it doesn't matter. It's it's the compassionate thing to do. And you know maybe they're right, um, but that's why I've always kind of um, tended towards conservatism. But when I when I when I moved back. I wasn't in my mechanical engineering bubble where the majority of us were conservative or libertarian-ish or, you know, sort of, you know, we didn't really have any political arguments. If we did, it was just that one guy, you know, like maybe there was a couple people who sort of leaned that way. And this may have just been the people that uh, I attracted. I have a very loud mouth. And, um, you know, the, the friends of mine that, that uh, gravitated towards me and I towards them, um, you know, maybe that's just how we were, but that was just my experience. Totally anecdotal, uh, totally just my, my story. But when I moved back, um, started going to songwriter night down at the blue light, started going to the open jam at the spoon, um, started, you know, maybe going, I think it was uh, Lone Star Oyster Bar, trying to see other people gigging, uh, you know, that, those places, some of those places I've been to in a while. So we got a blue light and the spoon quite a bit. I don't know about the oyster bar, but there's the O bar. Um, but, you know, I started making friends with people who had never been in my world. Maybe they weren't even from around here where, you know, West Texas is super Republican, super Christian, conservative, uh, red, okay? And so I started getting outside of that, you know, agriculture world, which is also very conservative uh, for the most part. Um, even though 50 years ago would have been solid blue, you know, post, post Ronald Reagan, you had your Reagan Democrats. That was mostly my family. Um, you know, taxes and, and, uh, economy. That was pretty much, pretty much it. I'm sure the pro-life issue as well was weighed on it. Uh, cause that was coming around, around during that time in the eighties as well. But I came back and, you know, I would post a uh, man on Facebook. I would post, I remember this specifically, you know, I saw a woman. Um, with her, you know, EBT, um, SNAP, uh, you know, food stamp kind of thing. And she, she was getting, you know, very expensive food, uh, steak and shrimp and, and alcohol. And, you know, I didn't know this exactly, but I was just like, gosh, you know, what's the deal with welfare? You know, I was just kind of moaning and I didn't even, I didn't post a picture. I'm not that kind of person, but I was just whining basically and i got shut down maybe she's having a good time and i'm like yeah but isn't that a waste of resources like i'm i don't buy food that good you know nine times out of ten well maybe this is her only time you don't know her you know and um it was 
so that was that was my curated bubble, you know, of a Facebook. Now it had some liberals in it. And to this day, um, luckily I haven't run them all off with my loud mouth and loud opinions and very, you know, conservative Christian uh, right wing opinions. Um, I, you know, I'm kind of proud to say that I have some friends who are even atheists and um, gays and 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 everything else. And I think it's because. You know, we do have a commonality, and we can talk about things and be perfectly fine with saying um, agree to disagree and, and leave it at that. But uh, it was it became most apparent, and I think we all remember this, during the pandemic when um, somebody would read something, you know, from their little corner of Facebook that was labeled fake news. You know, I, I talked about the... Uh, feed store pharmacy, you know, getting your uh, animal drugs and chugging that horse paste. Not that I knew anybody who did that, wink, wink. I don't know anybody who did that. Um, but, you know, there was, that was, that was sort of within bubbles, right? And then it, it became uh, fake news, disinformation. For the first time, social media started censoring people, locking people out for more and more and more. You know, I'm, I'm sure people have been locked out for saying, I'm going to kill you or, you know, I'm going to, you know, let's fight, you know, and they would say that's violence, that's aggression, whatever. I know friends have been banned. I think I've been banned one time and I can't even remember what it was for. And I don't even think it was, I think it was an accident. I, I typically don't, you know, I'll, I'll go off on anybody. I will argue with a fence post, as my family likes to say. But, you know, I never go that far. I'm not, not going to make a, a violent physical threat or, you know, whatever. But people were being banned for much less. Saying ivermectin has qualities that uh, could actually prevent COVID if you take it early enough, or um, you know hydroxychloroquine or hydrochloroquine. You know, there, early on that people were calling it different things, or just chloroquine. And then there was a woman who killed her husband with um, sulfur chloroquine, or you know whatever, which was just a fish tank cleaner. And uh, you know, not not only was she a complete idiot, it turned out she actually just hated her husband. I think. If somebody wants to fact check me on that, go ahead. Um, but you started seeing these bubbles, and I would argue, you know, and I, I would pretty much agree with my, you know, conservative friends, and we would we would see, you know, we, we've known people taking penicillin, you know, when they got sick, or you know, and and they, they probably took the the uh, feed store kind because they had it. They might have had it for their horse or their cows. Um, and they were just like, shoot, it's pretty much the same thing. I'll take it. Oh, it worked. Good, you know. And uh, so my my bubble uh, was talking about that. And then it sort of got popped by, um, I would say, my liberal, left-leaning Democrat, mostly from this music community that I'd gotten into, which is, you know, uh, a good perspective. Uh I haven't been a whole out a whole lot out in the world um, outside of my West Texas bubble, and so it was good to get in a different friend group. But you know, I noticed that the one thing that that sort of gave me pause was that I did not have a mainstream opinion. I was starting to have more and more fringe opinions. And many of my friends who were more on the left were agreeing with every politician and celebrity 
and newscaster and podcaster, and they were all lockstep. And, you know, I'm reminded of the Mark Twain quote, you know, when you find yourself uh, in the majority, uh, it's time to stop and reflect, you know, something to that effect. He, you know, along those lines, he said that, saying that, you know, that mob mentality can actually be just as bad as the guy who's, uh, you know, in the fringe saying the earth is flat, the moon landing's fake, uh, fake. Uh, JFK was killed by the CIA, you know, all of those things, um, which, you know, now post-pandemic, I wonder like, oh, well, did Bush really do 9-11? Uh, you know, did the CIA really kill JFK, especially because 70 years later they still won't, or 60 years later they still won't release, you know, the Warren Commission or whatever, all the files that they had collected and all the information they had on it you know they still won't release it it's kind of concerning but that's not what this podcast well i guess it is sort of what this podcast is about but not that specific topic um it's a curation of thoughts i mean it's very orwellian as they say george orwell who wrote 1984 he was actually a socialist but what he you know um satirized or uh you know painted in fiction was, you know, that authoritarian control of information. And I don't think uh, he, w- he was not in favor of that, even though you know, that's how many socialist regimes tend towards. So we had different competing ideas for information. And we had fact checkers, paid fact checkers, who, you know, now we know had shady ties uh, and they were shutting down these fringe ideas, which, like I said, I was, you know, for the first time in my life, finding my myself not in the majority. Whereas in the past, Republicans and Democrats were very good at debating principles. Um, it wasn't even, is a fetus a human being? You know, I think if you're a serious person, a fetus is clearly a human being. A fetus is just Latin for offspring as far as you know the abortion issue it was it was a compassion debate between um a woman carrying a child making a hard decision and taking the life of that child and put you know it was a debate on uh you know under Bill Clinton safe legal and rare it was you know saying it acknowledging it was bad but saying, you know, where can we find that line? Where can we find a compromise? Whereas it became, we were, now we were debating about whether, you know, water was wet. We were debating facts. We were no longer debating uh, principle and opinion in our takes on how we should deal with issues. We started debating, you know, does medicine actually, you know, have properties outside of its, uh, you know, intended design function? I spoke about Roundup in my very first episode. I know that it, I can't think, I should, I should have looked this up. I didn't really plan on talking about this. But its intent was not um, to add that gene to cotton and corn and soybeans so that you could spray a chemical over the top to kill grass and, and certain 
certain weeds with it. Although at the time, I think it was just about everything that bothered it uh, before it became ineffective, as I spoke about, uh, as as weeds became herbicide resistant and started just not dying. But the intended effect, I'm sure when they designed that gene, was something completely different. And maybe I'll come back and add this in or I'll, I'll put it in the post. But with, you know, with ivermectin, it was an antiparasitic. But it was known to have uh, antiviral properties. And that you can find papers like that all over the Internet, all over PubMed, all over the... Uh, NIH, NCH, you know, all those different uh, databases full of studies. But I had friends in, you know, pharmaceutical industry, medical, um, you know, friends who weren't in it at all. Maybe they were in public health, you know, uh, which, you know, should should be telling. They were giving the government directive, what I was talking about, the uh, curated narrative. And they were saying, that's fake news. There's no evidence of that. And I felt like I was on an island. I felt like I was going crazy. And so I, I don't know if y'all noticed, I obsessively will research things. I will buy 20 books and read two of them. Maybe read, maybe skim the rest. Because I want to figure out what's right. And, you know, it reminded me, back in the day, this is a little bit of an aside, but it's it's relevant. You know, back in the day in grade school, when a new song would come out or a new movie would come out and somebody would say, oh, you know, I heard that um, that new Britney Spears song, Lethal, you know, and everybody would be like, oh, that's cool. And then we'd go around talking about how it's called Lethal. And then we would, you know, have you heard that new Britney Spears song called Lethal? No, I want to, blah, blah, blah. And then the one person who actually knew would say, that's not what it's called, it's called toxic. <laughs> you know, and then everybody would be like, uh. And then we would all realize none of us had actually listened to the song. We were just repeating what somebody who, you know, remembered that it was something toxic, lethal, poisonous, venom, you know, like it was something along those lines. And they just kind of threw it out there thinking that sounds right. And I would have been in like, you know, fourth fifth grade sixth grade when that song came out but and so who knows if i would have even known some of those words maybe i would have said loxic or i would have tried to rhyme it or something but um we would go around unfact checked spreading false information for a long time and it made me laugh because i had forgotten about that phenomenon uh there was a guy down at the co-op a while, this has been a while back, you know, maybe the past year, maybe a year or two ago. Um, an older guy who I see occasionally around town. Um, and I won't, you know, say his name because if anybody around this area knows him, they know who I'm talking about. So I don't want to throw anybody in the bus. But he's kind of one of those guys. He's still living in those pre-internet, uh, pre-everything connected, pre-Google, like, oh, I don't know it. Just Google it days, you know. And he told me something that I knew was so wrong. Not only because I obsessively, you know, listen to news podcasts, current events podcasts, uh, you know, and then I listen to historical, uh, not historical fiction podcasts. I listen to the History of English podcast, which is basically etymology, the history of words, and the history of uh, the Proto-Indo-European language and how it evolved into so many languages, and English is one of them. You know, I, I don't even know what they call that. 
uh, you, know, you know, I love learning, and I love learning, you know, niche, uh, odd, weird things. So a lot of times, you know, people may think that I know too much, but the likelihood is, is I know one thing about one topic. And if you get that wrong, then I know you're wrong. And this guy did something like that. And I wasn't going to correct him. There was no need to. And, you know, this is a good guy. He's a, he's a nice guy, uh, harmless. And I wasn't going to correct him. So I just kind of let it alone. But it reminded me how somebody could, you know, say the wrong thing or, or maybe know the, say the wrong lyrics to a word and just be so dead wrong all the time. Uh, fast forward you know there's that's the end of my aside fast forward to 2022 uh about a year ago i had actually gotten on twitter during the pandemic i had always hated twitter i would get on i would see literal porn i would see um the dumbest opinions i'd ever seen uh but i was craving truth and somebody told me you know they would send me twitter links or twitter Twitter links, Twitter threads, and they would tell me, look at this, follow this guy, and I would say, huh, and I would say, oh, well, I hear about most of these opinions on podcasts two or three days after they show up on Twitter, and so I would see things on Twitter that would be like a research scientist talking about the effects of ivermectin, and then I would go back to finding I wouldn't be able to. But I wasn't, it, it wasn't like Facebook. So I wasn't seeing, uh, I was seeing a screenshot of a tweet a month, two months, three months later on Facebook. And so for a long time, I would literally screenshot a tweet, post it to Facebook. And I, and I still sometimes do that. Um, but I've kind of given up because uh, just to, not to insult anybody, but Facebook people are their own people. They want to be in their bubble. And that's fine. And and I would, you know, I follow a lot of leftists. I follow a lot of, uh, oddly enough, pro-war Democrats, anti-war Republicans, which, you know, five, ten years ago, those were switched. Now, every, nothing makes sense. You know, I follow a lot of left-wing independent journalists, uh, right-wing independent journalists, mostly independent journalists, because, you know, I don't think, I think they're much less likely to be on anybody's payroll but it was, you know, it was a year ago that Elon Musk bought Twitter, and I had no hope. Um, you know, I am not pro-electric car. I think they're dumb. I'm not even really pro-alternative energy. I think it's mostly uh, retarded and gay. I hate to just, you know, use such pejoratives, but gosh, I feel that way. I feel like it's, it's uh, self-flagellation about trying to save the environment. You know, the best thing we could do for the environment would be put natural gas in our cars because they're the cleanest burning thing and to build ton, deregulate and build a ton of nuclear power plants um, for our power generation for our homes. And then maybe electric cars might make a little more sense because we have so much cheap nuclear energy because we've deregulated it. It's much safer than it was you know, the only ones that are still running are much more dangerous. Anyway, I'm not going to go off on that tangent. <sighs> but like, like I said, I did not like Elon Musk. I, I was not a fan. I would see him do one good thing, and I'd be like, yay, but he's a liberal. You know, I don't really, 
I'm not going to jump on his side. He's an environmentalist. Um, he is a he's a liberal. But one thing that started becoming clear post-pandemic between conservatives and liberals was the desire for free speech. That is why you see conservatives so excited about Bill Maher. Bill Maher, who was real time with Bill Maher, politically incorrect. He's been around a long time. You know, he did a documentary called Religulous, saying, you know, religion is ridiculous. He, he, you know, and I am very religious. You know, the most important thing in my life is Jesus Christ. And I follow Jesus. Uh, my family does. You know, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Uh, and I am just unashamed about it. And I always will be. And, and yet here I am clapping for Bill Maher because he's so pro-free speech. And I realize, gosh, we are just starved. And Elon, and Elon Musk goes out and he spends, I believe it was $44 billion. He was the richest man in the world. And as soon as he buys Twitter, it just, the value tanks. You know, he goes in there and, and let that sink in. And he, he's carrying a, a porcelain sink that he looks like he just pulled off the wall or off the rack at Home Depot. And, uh, you know, I didn't have any hope, but I just thought, well, you know, maybe there won't be as many people banned because on, on Twitter, people are getting banned left and right. And you, you remember seeing that guy that got to stick around for a while before they, they got rid of him. Uh, I, I want to say Asher Roth. I know it's not that, but it's something to, it sounds like that. Uh, that's probably like a band or something. But anyway, he, uh, you know, he was still censoring people like crazy. Uh, block and suspended accounts. So Elon Musk started letting them all back. And then you start seeing all of, you know, and, and before long, um, you start seeing all these count, contrary opinions on the war in Ukraine. Why did Ukraine not negotiate for peace? Um, are there, you know, are there U.S. interests? Are they laundering money through Ukraine? And the, the dull roar... <laughs> You know, the whispers become a dull roar. It becomes a cacophony. And all of a sudden, it's it feels like it's the majority opinion. Now, Twitter is not real life, but it feels like majority of Twitter has distilled this information through all these, you know, dumb arguments with people you've never met. And all of a sudden, it's like the majority opinion. Why are we supporting Ukraine against Russia? Russia is bad. Yes, Ukraine is possibly just as bad. Um, the area in debate, the area in question is ethnically, religiously, you know, every, every Lee way you can think of Russian. Um, we are 30 something trillion dollars in debt. Why are we printing money, killing our economy, raising inflation to support a war? And, and all of a sudden everybody is just so sick of war. Now we have this, you know, war in Israel. And without a doubt, the events on October 7th, as time goes on, the farther we get away from it, it has not aged well. It has only gotten worse. What happened was absolutely atrocious. And, and yet, the response by Israel has been borderline reckless, killing women, children, um, so many... Uh, innocence to get to Hamas, who are terrorists, who are um, evil, who are purely evil. But we're so sick of of war and fighting. And why did Israel not stop?
this attack. The, the most elite defense force, the most elite surveillance, the most elite technology. Why did they allow this to happen? You know they had to have. Benjamin Netanyahu has been advocating to fund Hamas since at least 2006. He's funding his enemy, strategically, supposedly. And yet they're the ones who committed this atrocity. And I know he is getting hell and a lot of fire from his own people, from Israelis, about, about this event. But why are Americans, especially, like I talked about last week, dispensationalists, bloodthirsty for Israel to attack Gaza when there are so many innocents uh, over there as well? The, some of the oldest Christian churches, some of the oldest Christians in the world are over there. And why are we cheering that on? We're all just sick of it. And all of these opinions, and, and you know, I have friends, family, who are not of the same political, religious, uh, ideological, philosophical bent as me. And here we are agreeing on at least these two topics specifically. We may still disagree about, you know, medicine and food and the, you know, um, and seed oils or whatever. I really need to do a podcast on seed oils. I really, I hate seed oils. I talk about it all the time. But why are we agreeing on these things? Why are the hard right, and I, I call myself hard right even though, you know, all I mean is just Christian and I follow the Bible, which, you know, that's pretty controversial nowadays if you follow the Bible uh, closely, too closely. You know, it's a Bronze Age uh, myth book, whatever is what the uh, Reddit atheists might call it. You know, it is my religion and it's my belief that it's completely true and I follow it to the letter. But why am I agreeing with these godless left-wing, uh, you know, to use a pejorative, jokingly, libtards? You know, why are we agreeing on so many? We're agreeing on a lot of things. And my theory is it is the proliferation of information and all it took really was one social media uh, format one social media company one channel mo mainly Twitter that w that allowed free speech that allowed uh, you know probably allowed some things that we would all disagree with slurs you know bad language um, I know I, I've blocked so many porn channels and so many uh you know very poor character and and, and thing channels and and so i don't see those i mostly see things i want to see which is you know props to elon and and the new twitter slash x uh crew for you know improving the algorithms and all that i've i've curated my twitter how i want it to be and it's it's really great but i, I believe that that proliferation of information is so unique that you know, I would I would like to see you know a study on it. I'm you know I'm clearly just riffing off the top of my head. I would love to see a study on it, uh, where at what point in history have we had this much of a free flow of information in real time, which includes falsehoods, which does include fake news, which a lot of you know op uh, opponents of Twitter of Elon Musk just because they're told they need to be, you know, maybe they're right about some of that because some of it does get through. But the thing about the truth is the truth is able to be criticized. There is no consensus of opinion. There is no, 
authority. There is no expertise. The truth should withstand scrutiny from all directions. It should be able to be pierced and be self-healing like the Wolverine on, on X-Men. It should hold up over time. That's why over time, uh, you know, I was thinking about calling this podcast Trouble Rides a Fast Horse. Uh, preacher, a guest preacher last week there at Redeemer, um, you know, used that phrase. I think he stole it from Kent Hans, he said. But, you know, you wake up, uh, the truth, and I always heard this one, you know, the truth is still putting on his shoes while the lie has already made it halfway around the world. And that is, that is a very, um, it is a very true idiom, uh, you know, folk, folk wisdom, wives tale, not wives tale, but, you know, it rings true. The truth often is not the first thing that gets out. And actually often it's the last thing that gets out. But upon scrutiny, you know, upon uh, further uh, criticism, the truth to stand up and over time we all realize um, we all realize what is true a, a lot of times we do we do have cognitive dissonance we live with these things in our minds that um, we are unable to really make sense of because we don't ever question them so it is up to us in the prolifer in the pro proliferation of information age you know people call it the information age i guess is probably you know what i'm basically getting at our job is to question our job is to to test everything for me i test it with the scriptures i test it with the word of god uh, because i believe it is the inspired word of god it is inerrant and that um it is the truth that will always stand up you know over time it has been criticized and said you know i've talked about solomon multiple times on this podcast Throughout the last 200 years, people have said Solomon never even existed. And yet 10 years ago, somebody found a seal, uh, which, which he would have used. Uh, we found coins from the time of his, uh, his reign as, as the second king of Israel, behind, right behind King David, his father, um, who we also know is real. You know, it was a real historical figure. You know, those, those are things that... Um, you really have to work. You have to work to destroy. Uh, you have to, you know, you have to burn books. You have to destroy architecture. You have to um, indoctrinate people to not want to read those books. That's, you know, that's essentially a book burning as well. You tell people there are things they can't know. There, are, you know, it's the, uh, it's the, uh, Oh, it's too late at night. It's like the soft bigotry of low expectations, I guess. But what I, you know, it's, it's, you don't need to know this because you are not very smart and you don't know how to handle it. No, it's because actually you are very smart. Your intuition is greater the, lo the longer you are away from, you know, these homogenous think tanks that tell you what to what to think you're in your gut in your heart you know right and wrong uh god put it there 
you know, a lot of times we'll call that, you know, we'll call that common grace. You know, God has allowed the sun to shine on the wicked and the just. And, you know, we are all wicked without God. Um, you know these things intuitively. And so if, if, you, if you have any sense, if you have any doubt uh, in, in the truth, and this is the inform, information is, um, I don't know, I keep using this word, proliferated, as, as information goes out and you have any sense that is right or wrong, it is up to us to further research it, research it. I'm not a doctor, so I will look for a doctor's opinion. I will look at mo- multiple doctors' opinions. I'm not a historian, so I will look at many historians' opinion. And if I find they all say the exact same thing, then I might try and see where their funding is coming from, because that will often tell uh, a much bigger story. Um, who is corrupting them? You know, who is uh, telling them what to say? Oftentimes, as we know with the, what happened with the sugar industry and the demonization of fat. Um, so I hope I've left you with a few thoughts and, uh, I will go ahead and wrap it up. Hey y'all, thanks for tuning in. Um, I've really enjoyed doing this podcast. Um, some of y'all have left five star reviews. Uh, I really, really appreciate that. And some of you have even subscribed. Uh, I think it's about three to one, those who have subscribed versus left five-star reviews. So about two-thirds of y'all can go ahead and leave a five-star review if you're a regular listener. That would be so awesome. Um, It helps me show up in the algorithm more, just like tuning in and listening. And as you share it with a friend, that helps a lot too. Um, I mentioned earlier, I really enjoyed doing that podcast on Thursday after Thanksgiving with my brother, brother-in-law, sister, and wife. Reach out if, if you would like to be on it, if you're in the area or maybe passing through and you're saying, let's talk about um, Ferdinand Magellan or, you know, let's do a podcast on Hernan Cortez or World War One, you know, or or let's do a podcast on uh, healthy eating, you know, or, or whatever. Man, I would love to have y'all on. Uh, that was so much fun. And it seems like that format is so much easier um, to just listen to in the background. I know a lot of y'all really have, have reached out. That's actually already my second, second most listened to episode. Probably will be first tomorrow. So um, if y'all are in the area and wouldn't, wouldn't mind coming to Rawls or maybe we could set something up um, in Lubbock if you're in, the, in over there in Lubbock. You know, that is a blast. And, and really in person is much more, uh, it's easier to, you know, cue and flow and, and um, make sure we're not stepping on each other. I, I do enjoy, I think if some of y'all are not in the area and want to try and do a Zoom call type thing, I'd be open to that actually. But I know it is a little more difficult and also a little more difficult to listen to. Um, but don't let that deter you if you uh, have enjoyed the show and would love to talk to me about something or a, uh, you know, maybe you have an album that you're fixing to put out and you'd like to talk about it. I would love to, you know, give it a, a, a listen and, and, and ask you about it and, you know, criticize it and, and praise it and whatever. We could, we could talk about your process if you're an author. Uh, perhaps I actually already have a few local authors who I haven't even told that I'm, that I'm, 
uh, reviewing their books and might want to have them on for a follow-up interview if, if they would be willing and, and had the time. Uh, you know, if you own a local venue, restaurant, uh, business, man, I would love to have y'all on. And that's what I really want to do with this podcast is just promote um, the local economy. Some people call it the parallel economy because, you know, we are outside of this cor- a homogenized corporate structure that doesn't really pay very well, doesn't really give the best of benefits um, versus, you know, maybe a locally owned business whose employees are more like family and who supply a product that uh, maybe somebody says, hey, I don't like that y'all use this artificial thing and use something more organic or natural ingredient. And they say, dang it, that's a great idea. We'll do that because that's what our that's what our local uh, economy is about. You know, my brother-in-law, Juan, talked about on Thursday's podcast. That's what that's what community is. You know, giving back to your local community. Um, he does that with his job. He's he's lived actually in the area his whole life, and he still works right here in Rawls, um, right where I live. And you know, talking talking about that community, um, how can we give back? You know how and and uh, you know to revisit that again. You know, what is our God-given task? What is your God-given task? And how are you pursuing God's will, um, your purpose, and and how are you enjoying it? You know. And are you? Maybe you're not. Maybe you need to, you know, maybe let's talk about it and, um, you know, maybe we can figure out something that else you need to pursue, you know, practically, of course, without uh, ruining your life. Um, anyway, I'm going a little long now. This has been uh, another episode of the JRK podcast. Um, again, like, subscribe, leave a five star review. Make sure to follow me on my music stuff. I definitely will have some stuff coming out in 2024. It, uh, by tw- by now it'll by next month it'll by January it'll have been three years since my last album, and I put out something last just a single last year, but I really have been writing a lot and I'm gonna be writing a lot more as soon as uh, harvest is over. Come get some corn from me. Come get some hay. I have uh, 12, 1300 pound round bales still. Um, buy a vinyl record for a family member for Christmas. Uh, buy buy a cap. Um, Order some merch from my website. It is drop shipped. I don't even see it, but you can customize it more that way. And uh, man, y'all have a great Sunday. God bless.